Today's guest is spiritual motivator, intuitive and entrepreneur, Neil Van Leerop. Neil's own personal journey in self-development led to the creation of her successful card deck, Inner Compass Cards, coined by Goop as a toolbox for finding direction in life. She has since launched her second deck, the Inner Compass Love Cards, and during quarantine last year, the Inner Compass Kids Cards, birthed from her deep inner child work to provide children with something that she feels she would have benefited from having as a child. The Kids Deck offers valuable life lessons which guide children to understanding the importance of taking good care of themselves, each other and our beautiful planet. They remind children that they are perfect just the way they are. Each of Neil's creations has come into form for a reason and from a place of service in supporting and helping others. And these cards have helped over 25,000 people in their personal journey. So that speaks for itself. Neil had a mission to share her secrets of personal growth and we love that her reach has expanded to help support children. Our conversation today covers Neil's early years, the creation of the Inner Compass cards, where that vision came from and how she brought it to life, the birthing of the kids deck, her message to children today, mental health and so much more. Enjoy! Okay, so welcome to the show, Neil. I'm so excited to have you here today. I've actually got my my kids deck in front of me and I've picked the same card as I picked yesterday. Wind has come through twice now in two days. Oh, wow. Then I'm extra curious what the message is about because <laughs> you needed to hear it twice. Yeah, <laughs> winds have changed. <laughs> I love your deck so much and I know um, my mum, Jeannie, is is listening in she's uh founded back to the garden and she's a huge huge fan of yours as she's just said i wished i was recording her amazing introduction to you it was so so wonderful so first of all the where i'd like to start is your earliest childhood memory or a pivotal moment for you during your childhood uh that's a good question um well, the thing I remember is that I um, that I didn't want to be a child anymore. It was really weird. I, I was around. I think I just became six years old. Like it was um, the weekend after my birthday, and um, I stood up at a family dinner and I said, "As of today, I'm not Neil Chu, which is my full name." but I want to be called Neil. And you know, the, the last part of my original name makes it smaller. So it's something we add in Dutch um, to say that something is small, you know, like you guys add little or small in English. And, um, and I did it the next day again on Monday morning at school. So I stood up and I said to the entire class, as of today, my name is Neil. <laughs> So that's like, um, and it came back actually in a lot of healing sessions later on, like, like last couple of years. I started my spiritual journey around 12 years ago and I used plant medicine, I used hypnotherapy kind of stuff and like, well, endless kind of therapies. But this is a moment that I didn't really knew it was it was important but it has to do with not feeling safe as a child so um so i wanted to be mature i wanted to be a grown-up um because i thought life would be more easy then wow <laughs> so and this, and now we've come to the children's cards already because the 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 intention that I, you know, that I, the reason why I made them is really because I believe that kids need to feel safe to be themselves. You know, we are, I think a lot of people when they, um, when they grew up, they hear a lot of, no, you can do this. No, this is dangerous. No, behave, you know? And yeah, that's at least how my um, youth was. So I really think yeah, that I, well, it would have helped me if if I would have um, had a childhood in a different age because I think my parents were not very aware of, you know, what we people on the spiritual path are now. So, um, 
yeah, so they never said like, you're enough or you're perfect the way you are. So that's why that's a big message in the cards deck. So much healing in that, so much healing for you. And that's, you know, everything like my mum, the things that she's created come from a place of need for herself. And I love that you've created a deck for children, for the child that you, what you needed as a child. Yeah, I wanted that. People um, behave differently around me or something, I think. I, I, I don't know the details about it, you know, all the, all the energies that were in this, in this moment or, or in this healing. But um, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a funny journey, I think. Yeah. And it and took it, a lot of healing. Yeah. Lots. I, I can imagine. And it's like, it's just so interesting how things cycle back around and how we're all doing a lot of inner child work. <laughs> it's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, inner child work is one of the most um, powerful things to do to heal, I think, um, because you can, I, I practiced and I practiced and I trained myself to, to really take care of myself in the heat of the moment, because usually it's the small, it's the inner child that is afraid, you know, of someone's reaction or, or it's the inner child that's been touched when someone says something that you don't want to hear or something not very nice and um and it was it was a lot of practice but you know lately like since i think around a year um i really feel i, I really see the change like i usually i would take something from if someone says like um oh you're not nice or or people don't love you like like really big things that are not nice to hear i used to think oh yes you're right you know no one loves me or whatever and now i started to take care of that inner child and the whole ball game changed like even the way people interact with me you know like some you have some of those so some of those complicated relationships in your life. And I was always like, how can I, where's the root of the toxicity, you know? And, um, <laughs> and it was, of course, within me. <laughs> I love it. It's like the weeds that you have to like dig to find the weeds and pull them out <laughs> to get to the root of them. Yeah. And the people that trigger us are just, I, I sometimes think of them as like angels in disguise because they're helping us to get those weeds. Oh, totally. they're the best teachers best teachers I think yeah so let's move then into your early years education so what was your early years education like yeah so I grew up in a small village in the south of Holland close to Belgium and um, it was actually a very safe place I think because it was a small town and my mother had a a store like a shop the pet shop <laughs> so she would sell everything for pets and um the, it was not like it was not available in the in the grocery stores yet so um one of those shops where people would come and so it was a very social um social way of growing up and then next door my uncle had the flower shop <laughs> and then so it was like this kind of uh, environment and next door from my uncle uh, it's where my grandparents live and so from the moment that i was very young i was very independent so uh, from the moment that i could walk i was uh, carrying one coin of money and i would go to the to the bakery and people like i was literally like one and a half and so, oh no, maybe a little bit, I think I could talk even, like maybe I was two and a half or something. So I could order a bread. And um, I, I heard later on when I was 16 and I had my very first like kind of serious boyfriend, I was at, the, at his house for the very first time and uh, for dinner and his parents 
said to me, but we know who you are. You were that girl that was on, on Saturday when it was really busy at the bakery. You were there and everyone was looking like, who is, you know, to who is this, is this kid belonging? And then the baker obviously knew I was there every day. So he knew that was, I was safe and I was living next door. And, um, but yeah, this is, I think, very typical for me. I'm always, uh, I've always been very independent and freedom is a big theme in my life. Yeah, I'm a manifester in human design that goes a little bit deep maybe for people who do, don't know about human design, but I, it really helped me a lot to get to know myself, to dive into my human design. It's something that people can Google. And so there's uh, different types and profiles and um, my profile is all about independence. <laughs> I'm a manifester generator. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I love yeah. human design. Yeah, so def yeah. I definitely recommend it too as well. It's interesting. And I think we don't know my mum's exact um, time of birth, but I think she's a manifester. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so interesting hearing, hearing about your childhood, hearing about that early years time, because I think we've lost a lot of that sense of community and family all being close by. So for you, having that freedom as a child but you were within your community and they were all there around so it's lovely you were able to feel free and independent but there were always people probably you know looking out for you and I think yeah. that's the sense that I know the nursery are trying to create this sense of community and it's a family and the children have freedom to explore different areas and be independent and take risks because that's so important in the early years isn't yeah, it? I think so too. Yeah. And also like my parents didn't know, of course, that I really needed that, you know, but I, I remember the moment when I was 22 and I and I was going to New York, you know, <laughs> like um, my parents let me go, which I really, really appreciated, of course. Um, and they were not really projecting their fears onto me, but still up to today, it is kind of it is a little issue you know because step by step I broadened my 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 safe places you know from it was from the the street where I grew up and when I was a little bit older I would go and play a game that I would that I called um like getting lost that was the name of, of the game that I came up with so I think maybe I was six or something like that and I I would call a friend like do you want to play getting lost with me and then we we but we cycled to another neighborhood where we didn't know the way <laughs> so step by step you know you go uh, the playground becomes wider and and yeah. you're now in africa aren't you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so what's happening there what, what what how like yeah what's your adventure right now what? i'm not sure if we if we should um i'm gonna be honest I'm, I met this Dutch guy on internet, like on LinkedIn um, and on Clubhouse. So we started FaceTiming a little while ago and then he and he's traveling here. He is on his eat, pray, love journey, <laughs> sabbatical. <laughs> so he invited me a couple of weeks ago and and I said yes, because I know that I am made for this kind of adventure and I should, you know, we've we just come from a crazy year with a little less adventure maybe, but um, I see it as an invitation to to continue my lifestyle, which, um, yeah, so to create my own freedom, now the government is not doing it for us. And in this, co this, this country, in Africa and Tanzania, there is no measurements because people have a lot of other issues <laughs> they're working on, you know, it's a whole different lifestyle. So there's just no room for, for COVID and um, uh, and he is here like the guy is here for another reason uh, because his uh, parents used to live here when he was very small and it was not the moment for him like we really we knew that we had to meet each other and he already knew me because he knew my work so that's why he sent me an, an, a message on LinkedIn and and after FaceTiming for six weeks he invited me and I uh, and I booked a ticket right away. <laughs> <So> <laughs> It's a huge adventure because um, my love stories are 
well, not complicated, but it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of stories. For example, there is not so much to heal for me on a business level. Like it's flowing, I'm, I'm enjoying, I feel free and no stress or whatever. And then in my love life, <laughs> I had to heal some things last couple of years. So yeah, and I don't, yeah. And I, I arrived here on Friday. It's Tuesday and Wednesday now. And um, it's been amazing so far. So oh. I'm really glad that I uh, that I came here. Did you say, would you like to get lost with me? <laughs> Do you yeah. like getting lost game? I will tell him today. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah this is... Yeah, the, one of the first thing that we knew uh, was a fit, like a, like a match, um, is the, this kind of lifestyle. So, yeah, and then there were so many other things. So we really had, we're both not the kind of, people who would call for like six more months you know <laughs> so it was like now and but not really now or never but now or maybe never yeah took the, you took the leap and I just sure. I love that hearing about an adventure it's so refreshing as well after the year that we've had to hear a story like that I'm surprised too that I got here and instead of thinking of all the reasons not you know there's always more reasons not to come out of your comfort zone than there is uh, to do and I think that's part of that became part of my lifestyle and it has also to do with my work with you know what I'm creating because um, I really want to inspire people and not so much with the universal wisdom that they can get in any book <laughs> but like really encourage them and I think the best way to do that is to to live it myself as a teacher first so oh thank you so much for sharing that so on your inner compass site it said change in the world can only start from within so we've touched on little bits of this but what are the changes that you made within and how has this rippled out through into the world through your projects yeah i really believe that the change you know the world needs some change i think we're really far from our true nature you know we're all uh, like most people in the West are living a rat race, not very connected with themselves, not even with their loved ones, you know, like look at how much time the average parents spend with their kids or like really present because there's so much we worry about. And yeah, I really believe that the awareness, well, that the change we need comes with awareness and awareness is something that comes from within. No one else can choose whenever, like, for example, I cannot choose when my partner or my parents kind of wake up to this, you know, it's their evolution, it's their process. And maybe it helped me a lot to live more sustainable or or more connected to myself and with less stress, because that's something that was very important to me. So I created a stress-free life <laughs> style, um, but everyone has his or her own journey in this. So, and I think this all starts with awareness. What are some of the tools that, you, what are some of like the things that you do, your your personal rituals to, to keep coming back to that awareness? What helps you? Yeah, of course, I play with cards. And that's also the reason why I started um, uh, creating cards, because I had done so much before and I was carrying so much knowledge about spirituality and living in the now and not identifying with your emotions and, you know, all the stuff you learn about in the self improvement books and uh, and in the spiritual therapies and but I noticed that I was not I was aware actually <laughs> that I was not um, really living it so and then I became kind of ill and I didn't have so much energy left to go to yoga or to meditate so what I did was uh, I had only one ritual and it was uh, pulling one card a day and um, after a few weeks my life was kind of changing. I was, I noticed that I was integrating and I was, you know, my, my vibe became different and, you know, all, everything, for example, that I knew about gratitude, I was, I started to feel it. Then I started thinking of sharing it with friends, you know, so I started, so I was pulling angel cards from during virtue and they are pretty, uh, woohoo. <laughs> so, so they, my friends were not open to use them back then. And um, and it was only months later that I noticed like, hey, but maybe the world needs a new one. And but and it, that was already after that I had started downloading like 
a few snippets of texts for like about universal wisdom, you know, how the world goes around. And yeah, so yeah, I was I was writing about it and it was it it, it came to me very easily. So um, and just for people so, listening, the downloading, it'd be nice for them to hear what you mean by that. Yeah. Ooh, I, I this is really funny because I never believed it when a writer in an interview, you know, I, 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 I really like to read. So sometimes I went to book launches in Amsterdam from writers that I knew, knew or didn't know. <laughs> and um, and then some of them said, um, well, the words really came to me. Like, and I, I never believed that. I thought, what is this for um, esoteric kind of way of thinking, you know? And then I started experiencing it, it myself because I'm, I don't feel like I've never thought of these words. So I don't feel like I like sat down to write or it, it was a whole different process. It was like as if the, really the words came through me <laughs> so i that's why i call myself the messenger because it's you know it's nothing new that i write about in the booklets for the cards <laughs> so beautiful i love i love that description um and yeah. the messenger is amazing it's like you're you're carrying it these messages that we need that we need and like yeah. you say about the different cards i know my mum and i have always picked cards and like she was saying at the start yours are just so accessible and beautifully aesthetic and not too woo-woo they're just they're they're very special and unique in that world of cards so it feels like they have a, a wider reach and I know we I mentioned in the intro about you know over 25,000 people now have been touched by this deck it's incredible oh even I think even double that by now yeah wow. I always forget to I always forget to count but uh yeah it must be must be double by now yeah so when you when you first started it did did you have that vision when the cards came through and you you were creating them did you have a vision of how big it was gonna blossom and grow into um I don't know I don't I, um no but I did have the awareness that I really really had to do it because I'm I have this entrepreneurial background so I saw business models in everything <laughs> in every day you know um and this one felt different, like very special and like really like a calling. And actually it started with writing some text and um, it was accompanied with some kind of a voice in my head. And it said, you are going to spread this all over the world. And I didn't really pay attention to it, but I kind of spoke back. I, I said like, hey, well, who would buy a book from me, you know? <laughs> so I'm not going to write a book. Uh, I don't have the attention span to do that. And I'm afraid to be on stage. So it better be something good, you know, otherwise I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was playing with my inner voice, I think. And, um, uh, and then a few months later, it all came together when I was shuffling. I was like, it was even bizarre that it took a few months because it was already in my hands every morning, you know? Yeah, and then I saw it. It was like a vision. I was shuffling the cards and it came to me. I thought, okay, this is going to... Uh, the world needs a more accessible yet profound kind of card deck, but also some a card deck that you would not... I was always hiding it in my home because it didn't fit my interior. <laughs> so that's when I saw the earthy kind of stones like black and white and beige and brown and that's yeah. why my mum was drawn to your cards I know she's she's doing um physical expressions in her, little, yes, in her video I can see her being well. like yes <laughs> yeah yeah so, life can be aesthetically interesting as well I think <laughs> and there's a how so the next next stage was finding your team how did that take form and you find your artist and the translator and how did that come together yeah, everything that this in this journey came to me or or well, it, that's why uh, people now interview me about intuitive entrepreneurship. You know, I, I don't know who came up with that. But um, so I used to be a total control freak and I used to be to think about every decision. And now I feel um before every, you know, when there, whenever there's a moment to um, 
that we need something. For example, the illustrator for the first card deck or um, an assistant or a translator. I kind of ask life to help me out. So like bring me an illustrator and, um, and then it's how I experience it is that then life gives me steps and it's up to me if I take them. So there was this one Instagram account from a Dutch artist that I really, really liked. So I uh, reached out to her several times to ask, do you want to help me with um, the design of this project that I'm working on? And we, we really liked each other right away, but she, she had to set her boundaries because she decided to be an autonomous uh, artist. And so she had to say no to any, any request. But, and she came with someone else that she really liked to work with. And um, so she felt like, I think your your brain matches her brain <laughs> and her creativity. So um, so that's how easy it was. I reached out to one person and um, I worked with someone that she came up with. I love, love hearing that. And <laughs> yeah, do you think that the world changing and the pause, the whole pause that went across the collective, did that pause give you the space for this, the seed of this one to come through? Yeah, yes, totally. So it was um, March 2020 and I was in Los Angeles um, where I would stay for a few months to do a few um, events for Goop um, and for some yoga studios over there. And so it all got cancelled, obviously. And there was not, well, I think didn't even matter where I was, but my my social circle in the US is much smaller than in Amsterdam. So I literally had nothing to do. Like I had, I was in an Airbnb apartment <laughs> and, um, and it created so much space that I, it was a very creative explosion. I, yeah, I don't know, uh, maybe some people really needed, you know, rest or whatever, but I don't have stress anymore in my life so uh, somehow there was enough space to take on this my what I call my quarantine project it's the kids deck um because I had it was a it was a dream for me but I thought it was I wasn't ready because I uh, I'm not a mom myself yet so I thought uh, but my coach guides me through all of this because I believe them who am I to make a card deck, you know, if I'm not parenting myself? And and he said, well, you were a child and you were a mom in past lives many, many times. So there is, you know, you know, and yeah, you know what kids need. Um, yeah, so I felt um, confident enough to do it. And from that moment on, it, it all only starts started with an intention. So the intention was there to create a tool for parents and mainly for kids where that would tell them they are perfect the way they are and they are safe um, to be who they are and with everything they are, you know? And the funny thing is it never felt like work because I never sat down with the computer. It, this was the most intuitive project uh, so far because it was, it's smaller kind of smaller pieces of text in the booklet so it really came to me when I was hiking or when I was later on when I was um, on my bike in Amsterdam I just really stopped at on top of a bridge the small bridges and I wrote one again you know because it was coming to me when there was so much space it wasn't a creative explosion <laughs> oh there's so much in there so the creative the the downloads almost happen when you yeah when you give yourself that time that space in nature or it's like that that's when they go plop, they come through yeah yeah that's um, why it's such a shame that i'm still a little bit you know addicted to my phone or yeah because life can be so connected in these moments yeah and also just to highlight what you said um resonated with me about not being a mum and creating a deck for kids like that's conditioning isn't it that we think oh need to be a mum because I'm not a mum and I'm doing this podcast but I was a child and I grew up in in the nurseries that mum and dad created but I've gone through all of that thinking who am I to be doing this podcast when I don't I don't and I'm not a nursery practitioner either but I love talking about early years and I love um having these conversations so it really resonated and I just think for anyone listening you don't have to be a parent to create something for children we were all children once. 
Yes, and we are all artists, and yeah, yeah and we all have our callings, you know. Somehow, uh, I was called to do this. So, yeah, and you are called to do this, and it well, it totally fits because you grew up in it. You know what you're talking about. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think I think that was really special, and it's something that I've not heard anyone say before. Um, so the next stage with the with the kids deck. So once it you it took the form. How did you go about then getting it into the world? So I'm interested to hear about what led you to choose to crowdfund. Yeah, actually that started um, back in 2017 when I was, uh, when I had the, the card deck almost ready for print, the first one, the original one. Um, I didn't have any money. <laughs> So uh, I thought this would be an ideal product for crowdfunding. So that's how, yeah, that's how it all started. And um, I didn't have a penny, like, <laughs> so I really needed it. And, um, and I spent everyone I had ever met. So back then you could download email addresses from your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> so, um, and it was a career pivot, you know, so people knew me from, from different things, from fashion and from, from interior design. And, um, but I just, I, I, I played the bluntly honest cards, you know, I said like, this is what I need to do and I need help. I need, I need your support. So that became kind of, it was not like very successful, like some crowdfunding, like hundreds of thousands of euros or pounds, but it was, it was enough. It was exactly enough. There were two big American publishing firms in the first year that uh, reached out to me, but it didn't feel good because I really had, you know, I, I take in this world in frequencies and it really felt like a different vibe. Like I know in the end of the year, it would all really only about money. And my intention was not about money at all. It was really about getting people to know themselves and their power and their vulnerability. So, yeah, so I said no to those, uh, to those contracts and yeah, which means that, that we're now a self-published company, but I don't, yeah, you have to fund and to finance the the printing, um, and we still need to do that with the, with with the support of the crowd, which makes it even a more beautiful journey because there is interaction. They know, what, you know, we keep them posted on where we are in the process, and yeah, it feels very special to share that. I th I guess that's the lovely thing about crowdfunding that it it's community. And also by crowdfunding, especially with creative projects, and I know as creatives, sometimes we can procrastinate. When you crowdfund, yeah. it makes you accountable, like you have to finish the project. <laughs> that is so true. That's a very important factor, I think. Yeah. So moving moving forward, so with children, if you were to imagine now that you're, you are speaking to all the children of the world, what would you say to them? If you were speaking directly to them today hmm. what comes to me now is you are enough really yeah it's like i said it for the third time but yeah we really are there is no need to compare yourself to others or like really it's such a big part of our lives to do that as we now know as as kind of grown-ups <laughs> um but there's so much more and there's so much well i really experienced the effortlessness of being since i connected better to myself i'm not there yet either but um it i made a big shift already and everything became effortless since then and also more joyful which is very you know it's something that we kind of are afraid of too i think like our i think a lot of grown-ups are afraid of their own greatness like you know we're kind of shy and we think we're not worth our best lives but everyone is and if we could tell tell all the children that now like then they might not have to do all the healing later on yeah and, and a child that didn't feel like they were enough 
Exactly. Then they can even enjoy it more all those those other years. You know, I have so much friends who really needed a, some kind of a crisis situation um, before they would. Well, I call it the wake up call. So we are all very grateful for our wake up calls, obviously. But um, imagine if we can give our children. Um, yeah, just the smoothness of life. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, love that. I love that so much. And I think. Now, it would be interesting to talk about emotions, releases and shifts and how you create space for your feelings to rise. I really feel it in my belly when you ask this question, because it's so big, I think, for humanity. Like, what really helped me, and it's pretty hard if you do it at first, but um, we are so used to not to suppress our feelings like as if it's like to walk away from it when it becomes when something becomes uncomfortable we like to walk away it's this mechanism that like many of us know i think and and i noticed that it's rather an, 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 an invitation to sit with it so there's something that wants to be seen you know on a vibrational level and um and it's so important to look at it because it wants to be seen. Otherwise, it will it will be there forever, and it will take you know it can it can even um, take place in your body and become a tumor or you know it's or another uh, disease. And um, so it's really important to yeah to sit with it and ask. I always ask the feeling or something within me like why why what, what are you telling me why 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 you know every answer i answer with okay why 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 and then i come to the deep root and um and in the meantime there's if it's if it's sadness or if it's anger there's a lot of crying and maybe sometimes even screaming and yeah this really helped me to release all because you know they were that it was in my system like in my energetic system in my physical system and it, yeah it i think these feelings from whenever in life they 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 enter your system they want to get released and and then it's and then it can just disappear and and yeah this i really feel like if i we're talking about the shift and the transformation that I think a lot of people go through. If I look back now, like until recently, my life was more like surviving. <laughs> it was in constant survival mode. And I tried, you know, then you try to control everything and suppress things. And yeah, recently I really noticed uh, that I'm that I'm alive now. I'm just I'm not surviving. I'm I'm living. And and I know this there's gonna be even more, you know. I know there's gonna be more joy and allow I'm not I'm not allowing myself yet to fully enjoy and to fully express joy, for example, because I'm still a little bit hesitant with that. Like that. <laughs> so yeah, so that's why I wanted to add it because it's you know why it's really worth it to sit because it's really hard to sit with emotion. Like for example, I used to do emotional eating, like when I, I think it had to do with loneliness and uh, I'm not sure, but that's what, that's why it was so hard to, to not take anything sweet in at night, you know, when you're living by yourself in an apartment in a city or whatever, and, um, or, or with booze back in the days, you know, something you want to numb something. So it's really inter it's the most easy way is to numb, but, and the hardest way is to ask the feeling, uh, or to ask yourself, why, what am I numbing and why? Yeah, it's the bravest thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's really courageous and I'm cheerleading everyone around me who is even taking a tiny little step towards this. And the, the, more you, the quicker you surrender, the faster it moves. And it is interesting looking at children and how children are our teachers, that they feel something, it comes in it goes through them and out quite quickly that have like a screaming tantrum and then it, it's gone and then they're done. And yeah. Like and then, yeah. And then as an adult, I thought that I was ashamed of that. You know, I used to, I could, 
I have a temper <laughs> when I, uh, you know, in relationships or whatever. And then people tell you, like, you cannot do that, you know, be really, really angry. And after that, really, really happy. Like, um, so it's so important, I think, for parents to encourage their kids that it's like totally, it's amazing if you do that. It's, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much, so much there. And like the numbing, yeah, and suppressing things. And just, I guess, as being aware of, just checking that children aren't numbing at all, like through too much time on technology. I know we can't get away from technology. It's there. It exists. But just interesting that we've, we've all suppressed in some way. There's lots, you know, different mediums. And I'm grateful that you shared that about your experiences. Just it's so helpful, you know, to anyone listening. So thank you for that. We're taking a short break from this fascinating episode to introduce today's amazing sponsor, Kit and Kin. They are trailblazers in the nappy world, and we are proud users of them in our nursery. Can you believe that the third largest contributor to landfill is disposable nappies? In the UK alone, we go through 8 million every day. With climate change clearly having an impact, Kit and Kin have given us an eco-friendly alternative to take care of our baby's bottoms and our planet at the same time. Their multi-award-winning nappies are made using plant-based, sustainable materials, as well as being unbleached and dioxin-free. They are clinically tested to ensure they're hypoallergenic and approved by dermatologists, and they come in the cutest animal designs. To make this company even more incredible, for every 10 subscriptions, they fund the purchase of one acre of threatened rainforest through the World Land Trust. Head over to kittenkin.com and use the discount code BABY20, specially created for our listeners to receive 20% off their first subscription order. They have a range of wipes, skincare and baby wear too. Now back to the discussion. So I, oh. I read somewhere in my research that you love to dance. We love to dance. <laughs> oh <laughs> so my God. What are you currently dancing to? How often do you move? Is that part of your practice, your daily rituals? Let's talk about dance. Your research is too good, actually. Yeah, because dancing was my biggest fear, actually. Yeah, I, I, I had never danced until three or maybe now, I think by now it's four years ago. So I'd never danced until four years ago because I was so afraid. I had the conditioning that we in our family, we can't dance. We are not rhythmic. We are, um, you know, we don't have a sense for music. And so I was always drinking and talking at, at parties. <laughs> and, um, but it was really bothering me because I was so ashamed that I didn't even, and I, and if the moments that I tried, I couldn't, feel the the beat and go on with the crowd you know so it was really it was something really big and um you know something in me knew how liberating it would be it must have been for other people so yeah i kind of healed that with a with a therapist <laughs> in one sense it was not my biggest thing i went to a retreat with a healer and um and it came up um, magically and he had me dancing in front of 40 people which was really my biggest nightmare there was there was no bigger nightmare for me than that uh, but it was also where the healing was so yeah and this this retreat was in Spain and I would travel to Portugal right afterwards to a festival like the spiritual gathering where there was a lot of ecstatic dance and um, that became my favorite hobby, ecstatic dance. So people who know me from the past, you know, when I was still in the party scene in Amsterdam, they will they, they don't believe it that that dancing is my hobby now because it was my nightmare and it's so i did it always on uh in amsterdam from that moment on on sunday morning um so it was my my sacred weekend thing to to dance in a crowd and ecstatic dances in front of a dj the dj creates a journey with the music and the crowd follows and the idea is that you you have your body well you let your body move the way it wants and um I started off like really shy and I pretended that I was meditating in a corner <laughs> the first few weeks and months. And, and now I'm one of the most liberated 
uh, girls, you know, in there. And the most beautiful thing around that is that on the weekdays in my daily life, I felt the same kind of liberation, but on different levels, like not maybe, well, also expressing the body, but also expressing with words. And so this is how important this more like therapy than the best way of therapy you know in front of a dj making you know sharing amazing music and sharing connection with people around you and yeah it's it's pretty you know if you look at ancient cultures they dance around fires and uh and we do it of course in clubs and parties but that's always most of the time people only dance in the western world when they are numbed by booze or yeah yeah oh it's that freedom the the story that story is so incredible and that freedom that you found with it and just thinking about children naturally they naturally do move and then when does it happen that they're told that they're not good at it and then they become self-conscious and their ego comes in and cares what people think and I just love that story that in the scariest thing was the greatest gift and the biggest healing yeah yeah and maybe your mom knows about how how that i don't know a lot about it how it how, where the shift takes place in a in a, in a children's system yeah you know, yeah yeah well we um do you want to say anything on that mom yeah i think um we we potentially take away the natural intuitive thing to move and if we look at tribal situations, everybody moves and everybody dances. So what are we doing in our society that makes that a potentially self-conscious thing? And, and not just with dance. I taught in a school years and years ago, and it was an experimental school where children came to a park. It was a bit similar to a forest school but it was way ahead of its time. And one of the things that I found, and this was a real spark for me to work with under fives, was that I was working with children who were seven, eight years old, who when I encouraged them, the idea was I would give them a spark of an idea to work with, and they would work in the way that they wanted. So they could write about it, dance about, dance the, the idea, or they could paint a picture. And I remember one child when, I would let them do the things they wanted to do. And then me as a facilitator, because that's what I thought my role was, would be to encourage them to maybe step into things that they weren't that confident with or that, well, I would watch them and see why are they staying with what they know and not having this adventure into maybe trying things that they weren't that familiar with. And I remember one child saying, I'm, you know, I, why, I said, why don't you paint? Why don't you express this through paint and through art? And this child said, because I'm rubbish at that, miss. I'm rubbish at that. And I'm thinking, you are seven years old. Who on earth put an idea in your head that you're rubbish at anything? I mean, it's, it was just crazy. And I thought, these things start very, very early. And we need to be, as adults, because we carry power with us to influence. And a child will look up to an adult as being some sort of expert or the one with the knowledge. And so if we say something to them, then that can really have a huge effect. And that effect can resonate for for a long, long time and create these, these blocks within them that then become, you know, need healing and things. And it's the same with movement, you know, at the end of having these children for three weeks, they would then put on a performance, what whatever that means, they would be, be able to show everyone what they'd done and what they'd achieved. And I had kids who never danced before, or a lot of boys who didn't feel dance was necessarily on the curriculum for them and who would, you know, create amazing movement sequences and and paint amazing and be proud to talk about what they'd created. And the word rubbish just was not on the agenda, was not in the vocabulary. And, and in a way, that's why I started working with children from a very, very young age. And that because to me, I thought, wow, if we don't get them sooner than seven, 
you know, and I think there is a quote, give me the child of seven and I'll, I'll show you the man. So we have a huge responsibility and we I feel we have a huge responsibility in our nurseries to nurture and to help children to grow. And, you know, it's very, very important that we use our language uh, very carefully. So if they've created something for us to say, what is it? Rather than, would you like to tell me about your, you know, what you've created to say what it is when to the child, it might be absolutely obvious what it is. But as an adult, you're saying what it is. Well, you're immediately saying, I don't understand. I don't understand what you've created or I don't necessarily have a value for it. So it's really, really crucial that, you know, we don't put these blocks in and that we as educators, whatever that means, <laughs> have a great responsibility to understand ourselves and to nurture ourselves in order to be able to have that role, that such important role in the life of a child. Wow, I love it. And, 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 and to take it a little bit further, so what would, what's the task? What's the role of a parent? So like, um, how can you bring it down to one sentence? <laughs> I think that the role of a parent is to love, compassion, intuition, and to, to listen and to observe and to respond to the child rather than direct you know, or, or control. I think it's, it's being, you know, ready to take a step back. You know, yeah. we, think we have a responsibility as parents to do, um, that, that, that we have to achieve something with our children in a way, but they will achieve themselves. We just have to facilitate and we facilitate and set the scene and create environments which nurture and have compassion and show love. I think children naturally learn if you create the setting and the environment and do it with love and all those things, then they will blossom and flourish. That's the role. Simple. It, we over- it is so much more simple. Yeah, and, but it's so much complicated. We overcomplicate everything. You know, yeah. where is it simple? Observe and watch and yeah. respond. Yeah, and I saw this thing um, on Instagram the other day where a teacher pointed out that a lot of people, before they are getting children, they think only of what they get from it. But it takes a lot of giving, <laughs> you know? So, and, it, and, it, and, it, and the giving is in what you just shared love and compassion and intuition oh you guys are muted (laughs) (laughs) thanks mum for sharing just one last thing it is giving but it's also receiving yeah of course but it's a process we give we receive we give receive yeah yeah but and it's so it's i think it's important yeah eternally yeah, it's this is what lo- this is what connection between people is about. You know, there is it goes from the one heart to the other, and that's this is connection. That's why last year was so weird because we were really lacking that. And um, yeah, and between a parent and a kid, and between partners, it's all about that. And yeah, so and it's, I it's important that not mistaken that it's only about you know that your kids give you a certain lifestyle or love or empty. You know, like I think. When I was younger, like I'm 39 now, but when I was around my 30s, I desperately wanted to be a mom immediately, you know. <laughs> and um, But I was also this little philosopher within. So I asked myself, why is this so important to you, you know? And the thing is that it was really to fill a void. That was it, you know, and, and I was, yeah, I've always been pretty honest in these kind of things. So then I worked through all of this until I didn't want to have children anymore. And then I met a guy who already had two children. So I was very secure, like, oh, I don't need to have children and blah, blah. And then a few years later, a sadness came over me because I had set aside maybe a deep desire from the soul, you know. So it's always... Yeah, it's very interesting, I think, to ask yourself, why, what are you, what, what, why, (laughs) why do you think this is important? So profound. Yeah. We don't, don't, as parents, as we don't have all the answers, 
we're all learning and we're learning together. And if we can accept that we can learn from our children as much as they can learn from us. Yes. Wow. Love it. Yeah, it's totally equal. It's, yeah. And there's so many children, you know, before they are seven, they are so much more connected with the cosmos and with, with much more dimensions than we believe there are. So they are, yeah, man, they are even much more our masters than the other way around. Totally. One of the interesting things that is coming through with the education system because of the year out with COVID is that what children have missed, you know, are they going to be behind in their education? Are they going to, you know, how are they going to catch up? Why do we need to use words like that? It immediately puts pressure on a situation oh, we've got to catch up. Maybe we just need to think, well, we've learned new experiences. We've had experiences that we wouldn't have had before. We've been in nature. We've listened to music. We've shared. We've gathered in small groups or even on technology. We've, we've gathered in a different way. We've done things in a different way. So it doesn't. we don't have to put a negative on it. We have to celebrate that yeah. that gave us an opportunity to press a pause button. And, you know, move into a bit of stillness and just, you know, be at home and be with family and see all the wonderful things that that brings. And I just really find it hard. Okay, we might have to tick boxes and do things like that, you know, in terms of moving forward in an educational environment. But let's not be talking about how are we going to catch up or how are we going to, you know, sort out what we've missed you know, we've we've really, you know, embraced a lot of new things. And by by that change, we've learned so much. I think about ourselves and about our children and about our environment. And I think other things are coming through about sustainability and different ways of working that we haven't had the time to really think about. And I think maybe the planet needed to press the pause button for us to get to grips with our future and that there are other priorities other than purely, you know, following a, a, you know, a more rigid curriculum. Let's embrace it. Let's celebrate it. Amazing, Mum. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Beautifully said. <laughs> so on that note, um, we're coming towards the end. We could we could just stay and talk forever, I think. But I'm aware I'm aware that you might have things to do and stuff. So let's look at that everything that mum's just said about this last year and the things that we've learned what do you feel like you've learned in the last year about yourself um to focus more on connections with others actually yeah so i noticed that i created a wonderful life for myself and um uh yeah i i really like spending time with my friends and then there was more time to spend with each other because you know the system was not pulling as hard as as before on all of us like um the nine to five kind of um uh, pressure it really inspired me to live like that you know the, the moment that i came back in the lockdown from los angeles to amsterdam and i reconnected with you know friends and family and people were you know, we're walking, hiking outside with each other and during the day, like on moments, like most of my friends are therapists, so they couldn't do the one-on-one work, so they were just free. <laughs> and so why would we go back to that system, you know? Of, uh, yeah. And if you are, if you have a calling, you have a calling. And if, if that's one-on-one work, then you are maybe a little bit busy, but um, yeah, it's really important to also connect with other things than work yes that's really important (laughs) and who who's inspiring you right now like what are you what are you absorbing and learning about right Uh, now (laughs) yeah well um since i'm in africa this culture is you know this is how my mind works obviously like every encounter i have with the local people here i'm yeah i'm 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 trying to find words for what I experienced. And so I share it with Jasper and, um, and I see different things than he sees. So it's beautiful conversations. And what I see is the pureness in people, you know, this is maybe a more, what we call a more primitive culture, but I think it's 
much more advanced in connecting to each other and to nature and to what really matters. Uh, so there's less bullshit here, <laughs> so to say. Yeah. Um, and less advanced technology maybe or you know and they are famous for hakuna matata no worries um and you can really feel that so yeah i'm i'm really enjoying the pureness and also oh what i noticed so that also really inspired me like everyone here on the streets is glowing like shining you know smiling and if you compare that to amsterdam where i'm from like people are more like this with frowning the face and looking to the to the to the ground and here everyone is making eye contact and smiling and like really radiating their their joy so yeah i'm just absorbing it because it's so so beautiful. Oh, sounds amazing. And if money, time and logistics were no object, what would you create for children? Well, this was the, the children's card deck was my dream. So um, and I had never imagined that it would come out in 2020 already. So, um, yeah, I think it's already there. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good maybe it's yeah, and maybe in, in a safe environment. I think this is only the beginning. So I hope that I um, may connect much more, may have much more children, like connections with children in my life and um, and that it becomes a big part of my life because it hasn't been at all. Yeah. A little bit, but not enough. <laughs> yes. And on that kind of train of thought, like um, in terms of like new ideas and projects, is there anything that you're working on right now? Are you just kind of taking a break to just adventure and be free and explore? <laughs> yeah, my life is like, <laughs> it's always a little bit like a sabbatical. So when I feel the urge, I explode and I work really hard on a creation. And then there's months and maybe even years. I don't know how it will go now. This, the last card deck, for kids came out in December 2020 and since then um, I haven't been there I haven't had any downloads on what to create so uh, and I'm not planning you know it's it, it when it comes to me I will be there <laughs> I will um, uh, I will do it if it feels okay. good yeah I will catch it and I will, yeah. I will take care of the project um, but um, if there's nothing I'm not going to change chase it so I'm not thinking or planning <laughs> and I love it that it that you catch it and then take care of it it's like you 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 it's like finding an animal that then you have you take care of and nurture and help it's yeah. lovely it's just such a nice way of thinking about the way your projects come to you and then the, you have to be there like mother and look after them and help them fly yeah exactly and I never I will never chase projects you know like I would have done in the past um for example before I started creating the law of cards it's the second deck it guides us through all the relationships that we have but I had I was still a little bit of control freak so um I I planned to write uh, a whole different theme for the for the for the second card deck like more how to work with your body, you know, how to accept, how to connect, how to, uh, so in my, the work title was body cards, but that really came out of my head and not out of my heart. So um, now I know that the projects come to me and I don't go to the projects that yeah. works for me. Yeah. That's interesting. So if it's an effort, if you have to try, it's not. Yes. Yeah cool really really cool yeah carrying on with the rapid fire so what rights should children innately have Ooh. well i think everyone's birthright is to be abundantly happy or to to live your life and to to live it to the fullest and yeah so i would say safety and happiness and and owning their talents <laughs> yes and finish this sentence, children are our masters. Yay, love it. <laughs> and then just while we wrap it up, um, is there anything else that you feel like you'd like to share that's kind of burning inside that you'd like to express and, and share with everyone? And while you do that, I'm going to shuffle for one more card. Maybe this is for everyone, for, for all the children. 
There's nothing I would like to add. No, let's uh, let's have the cards uh, at the last words. And I'm going to mute because there's a big rain. Uh, okay, this. so be- before you mute then, just um, share where people can find you. How do people oh, yeah. find you and buy the cards? <laughs> you can buy the cards on uh, innercompasscards.com in English. And um, we're also on Instagram with daily guidance for adults. <laughs> it's Inner Compass Cards. And your Instagram handle is TP Neil, isn't it? Oh, yeah. My private. Uh, is it private? Account is TP Neil. Well, no, it's not private. But okay. The personal, <laughs> the personal Instagram is TP Neil. Okay. And that's lovely because we have a, a teepee at the nursery. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've always been interested in teepees and Indians. <laughs> oh, so is mum. So is there anything that you would like to add, mum, before we wrap it up and I pick the last card? It's been a privilege having you talk. And I feel incredibly inspired by what you've said, the way you live your life and what you bring to what you your cards and what your essence has brought to to children and you know we're we're going to work with the cards in the nursery environment and i think it will it does it's beautiful they are beautiful well the honor is mine actually i really hope that i can visit you one day and and learn everything about children from your perspective and you picked a card I picked the thank you card. Wow. Perfect. (laughs) Honestly. Do you want to read it out loud? Yes, I'll read it. You're such a beautiful soul. I feel I feel like we've known you, that we know you already. It's really interesting. Um and I'm really glad that Mum was here as well. Likewise, Uh, totally. (laughs) I'm just finding it, page 32. So a little book comes with the pack and it has descriptions, doesn't it? And just sharing for the listeners what I'm doing. So thank you. Magic spell. Dance around, give yourself a high five and say thank you to everything in life. Thank you for picking this card. Sometimes you might take things for granted, but if you think a little, you will see how special they really are. Not everyone is lucky enough to have what you have. By showing gratitude, you let the world know that you appreciate something. Whether you do so in silence or out loud, it doesn't really matter. You can be grateful for everything, for people, situations, experiences, stuff. You can name five things right now. You're one, you're one. (laughs) Ingrid as well, through the email. If you think about it again tomorrow, try doing it again. One thing is certain, the more grateful you are for the things in your life, the more you will have to be thankful for, I promise. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes or on your podcast app. Follow Back to the Garden Childcare on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's subject. And for everything mentioned in today's episode, you can head to the show notes at backtothegardenchildcare.com forward slash podcast. And if there's someone you know who would love to hear this episode, share it with them today. Send them a link, screenshot the app, or just chat about it. This podcast is recorded at LBS Studios. Until next time, in the words of Joni Mitchell, we are stardust, we are golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. Back to the garden.